As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Number one, improved today. I thought you saw he made plays with his legs. He led our team. I thought he threw the ball well. He gave us a chance, and obviously he's a special player. I mean, he made nothing into something and, uh, and, and got us going there. It's Hogan Johns. Go jumbo set this time. A fake to Herbert. Fields looking for the end zone. Diving attempt by the tight end, Jesse James. Touchdown, Chicago. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Ho. Fake one way, Fields stumbling, trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. I mean, he made nothing into something. You saw a guy get better, so I'm excited about that. It's the Adams. The Adams converge. Hogan Johns. Let's begin now. This podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together with the best live and on demand. Learn more at directtv.com. What's up? Welcome in a delayed post-game episode after the Bears lose to the 49ers and, uh, oh, they found ways to lose. But, hey, Justin Fields looked pretty good, so... I don't know. It's a tie. <laughs> There's no ties. There are ties. There, there I don't are like ties. ties. I do not like ties in the NFL, but that's a whole another separate podcast. But I like to wear ties. You did wear a tie. You I don't know if tie. I've ever covered a tie. No, I don't want. I don't think I have. I, just, it's, I don't want to cover ties. Well, the way this season's going, you might. Yeah. How about yeah. a tie on Thanksgiving. Well, we get out of there early on Thanksgiving. It, well, that would not be the case if it was a tie. Then we get out of there. Sure. Late. Oh, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Um, hey, hey, sorry, we're late on the podcast. Everybody, it was Halloween. We rushed home to go trick or treating with our kids. We have families too, right, Adam? Yeah, we uh, we just made the executive decision that uh, spend a little bit of time with the family last night. So hopefully, you guys can all respect that. We apologize. This is coming out a little bit later. Uh, we're going to try to maybe knock it out before bedtime, but then, you know, John's got hammer drunk and that, uh, that it just didn't, no, I'm just kidding. That, that, that is happen. not true. That is no. not true. John's was tired. And that's the facts. That's, that's 100% truth. No. So we just pushed it to the morning. So, uh, we apologize, but, uh, you know, sometimes with the holidays, this is one of those years where the bears play on Halloween on Thanksgiving, the day after Christmas, the day after new year's. 
There was one year where it was Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas Day, and New Year's Day. Whammy. Yeah. That was the messed up year. Yeah, the quadruple whammy. This is the triple whammy. Yeah. But our marriages both survived that year, which is good. Yes. That was like five years ago or something. Hence the trick-or-treating last night. Yes. Um, so anyway, we're here. Lots to talk about. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Make sure you're watching on YouTube. Our YouTube channel is always hot, and uh, the comments are probably rolling in, as they always are. Bears fans. I don't know. I was kind of like listening already this morning to the radio. It's like a mix of like, almost like this was the best case scenario. Like the, the scenario fans wanted. It's such a weird thing. It's like, oh, the offense looked better when Nagy wasn't there, but they still lost, so that's still Nagy's fault, even though he wasn't there. And it's like... Ah, man, it's just getting ugly. And, and Justin Fields gave you something to be excited about. That run was sensational. His touchdown run. Um, yeah, like win or lose, like Matt Nagy was never going to win in this one. Like, no, we agreed lose, on that. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. That was Matt Nagy's scenario for Sunday. Yeah, it was a lose lose. Either the Bears go on and win and play like a great game and Nagy's not there. And so that looks bad. And then if they win or I'm sorry, if they lose, then it's just like, Oh, it's all, it's just still part of the culture and the problem. And like, you know, it's just, there's no way he was going to win in this situation. And he probably knew that like when the test came in Saturday morning and he was still positive for COVID-19, that had to suck. He had to be furious. Oh, especially because all week he seems like he's fine. Yes. Symptomatic. Uh, it is what it is, though. The rules are the rules. They said it themselves. The teams that handle the pandemic, the COVID-19 guidelines and whatnot, would be in better position so Take to that win. and think about that for a little bit. Yes, yeah. they said it themselves. Said it and themselves. I don't... It's just my opinion for me and I don't feel like they've, they've been as strict as they were last year. No. I mean, the... I still think about after the Raiders game that huge club dub celebration and at least one unvaccinated player came and talked to the media without a mask on, which I honestly don't know if that's a violation of the rules or not. They're in a different state. Is that, but aren't they always supposed to have a mask? Is that still, but does that still, rules, I don't know. Does don't that know. still count? Does that still count though as part of the game? Cause obviously you don't have to wear them during the game. I, I honestly don't know. There's so many different things. It gets crazy, but there was three days after that, that Damian Williams, Test three or four days after that, Damian Williams tested positive, and then it's just been this whole deal ever since. And um, you know, does Jimmy Graham catch that ball in the end zone yesterday? That Cole Komet couldn't. Wasn't an easy play. You know, this is a. I feel like I have this rant once every year. Everybody needs to raise their expectations. Okay, don't give Cole Komet a pass for not catching that because he only had one hand on the ball and he couldn't get his other hand free. Run a better route, be more physical, get your own hands free. Separate. That's a good linebacker he's against. I think the same applies to Justin Fields. He was asked afterwards what he would do differently on that pass. And at first he said, I don't know. He tried to get it with one hand. He goes, maybe I put it on the body. At least he's self-critiquing himself. At the time, our man, the fish man, Kevin Fishman goes, oh, that ball came out too hot. Like He fired it in there too it was, hard. Yeah. Yeah. But I always picture the ball he threw to Jesper Horstead in the end zone. 
Horstead had a guy raped all over him. He, he managed did. to catch the ball. He did. He did. You, you know, like those are the plays you have to make. I don't think we are critical enough of these of these so-called weapons. Yeah, no. The Bears I'm, have. I, I'm, I'm, oh, man, I could go back years. I'm glad we're having this conversation again because yeah. there, there was a play yesterday. So the Bears, according to our man, Kevin Fishbane, like lead the league in hitch routes. By far the league leaders in hitch routes. Like, like they run them all the time. Mm-hmm. The separation just isn't there. It just isn't. They don't create it. Darnell Mooney every now and then. Cole Komet does create it sometimes. Um, like I thought about that a lot yesterday when we saw how decisive Justin Fields was with his scrambles. Read, read, go. You know, felt a little yeah. pressure. He was off and running, off and running. The separation wasn't there. He wasn't even going to try the scramble rules down the down the field. You know, well, why should he anymore? They don't run him properly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Allen Robertson never comes back to it. So, lots going on. Lots going on. Yeah, I mean, that was something that when we had J.T. O'Sullivan on a few weeks ago after that brutal Browns Browns game, he was he was critical of all. He calls them static routes, all those types of routes. Way too many of them. That's all they do. So now I did think they did some better things yesterday in terms of getting. Fields outside the pocket, getting him in better positions to make those quick decisions and go. Um, there were a few situations where they caught the 49ers in man with the DBs turning their back. That's an automatic situation. Just take what they're giving you. Yeah. You have those legs. Take it. Pick up 10, 15 yards. Absolutely. Um, and then honestly, I thought one of those plays where he could have done that was the touchdown throw to Jesse James because that was one of those situations where I thought he had a lot good, good enough room to run. I didn't know if he was going to score. But then he throws the ball, and I'm like, oh, he's not even really open. But he threw it perfectly low outside. He threw him open. Jesse James went down uh, to make that play. And uh, again, it's it's, it's just really weird how he seems to have chemistry with the players that he got reps with in training camp and then doesn't have chemistry with the – or as much chemistry with the players he didn't get reps with. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Darnell Mooney's his number one wide receiver. And actually, he had more reps with him. Than any receiver in camp that's played with the starters, other than the, the guys that are now in the practice squad. Like you, you would say that he played with Mooney Mobby probably the most. Yeah. Right? But yeah. also, they're, I mean, they're not always connecting. Hey, yeah, it's true. Mooney's oh, it's true. Hot. Mooney had one drop last year, yeah. and he's had three in the last two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I don't another, know if you count it, that it, last one as a drop or not, but that went right through his hands yeah, and then ended up being an interception. Hands, yeah. Another interception off his hands. But at least, like, you see that him and Justin Fields are spending a lot of time together. Away from the Hallis Hall, at Hallis Hall. They train, they do their stretching together. I, I just, It just feels notable, doesn't it? Like, when you look at Allen Robinson's drop in production, I, I don't know. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. What, that he doesn't spend enough time with them? Yeah. Yeah. Even though they say they are, and they brought up training camp, which is again perfectly valid excuse. Training camp just happened to be a massive waste of time for everybody, but <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> I understand where that's coming from, but I kind of enjoyed it. I don't know. I I liked my ten minute commute to Lake Forest. <laughs> the sun was yeah. out. We had pretty good weather. I love football. Yeah, I, I love yeah. watching football. But as it turns out, for everybody on the field, I think it was a massive waste yeah, of time. Yeah, but, yeah. Know. probably for us who covered it too. You know, hearing how good Danny Dalton was running the offense, and then week three, he's 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 out. Oh, <sighs> brother! 
Oh, brother. Here we are. Anyway. Uh, meanwhile, what the hell happened to the defense? Brutal. Seven straight scoring drives. Couldn't get a stop. Can I play devil's advocate day after Halloween here? Uh, I would say. Yes. Can I? They missed Eddie Jackson yesterday. Careful, though. It's All Saints Day. It is All Saints Day. <laughs> they missed Eddie Jackson yesterday. Yeah. Lost him on the second play from scrimmage. They missed him. I'm sorry if you're an Eddie Jackson hater. He's not as bad as you probably think he is, but they missed him against the 49ers as that game played out. Hey, look, two things can be true at the same time. He can be struggling in the tackling department and needs to get a lot better in that area and also still be good as a coverage safety despite not getting his hands on it. That's another thing that could be true. Needs to be better tackling, needs to find a way to get his hands on the ball more often. He could still be good in coverage and dictate some things that are going out there for the opposing offense. So to remove him from the field, I totally agree with you. I thought throughout that game, it was a good day. Well, it wasn't a good day for Eddie Jackson, but it was a good day for the value of Eddie Jackson and Khalil Mack. Yes. Because they yes. missed both of them very, very much during that game. Robert Quinn looked like he was playing his first game since being activated from the COVID-19 list. Mm-hmm. Like Akeem Hicks looked like he was playing his first game in his return from a groin injury. They look shorthanded. They look beat up. Step slow. Not a lot of playmakers in the secondary. Not a lot of tackling in the secondary. Although DeAndre Houston Carson, I want to give him a special mention for chasing down Debo Samuel. Yeah, that was a heck of a play. I love the effort. Come on, Coach Adam. You love that. What do they call I love you? the effort. They call Absolutely you Coach Adam or Coach Hogue, by the way? Coach Hogue. Co- Co- Coach Hoggy? Yeah. Coach Hogue. Coach, Coach Hogger. Coach Hogger. Yeah. Ho- Coach, uh, ho- what was it? Hoagie. Hog. One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie or Hog. Excuse me. I don't know how to pronounce the last name. <laughs> anyway. Dan Orlovsky can mess it up. My players can't. Okay. Okay, Coach Hogue. You got to love that. Like, just. Yes, absolutely. The, the effort's there. He's, he, he continue, like, he's not the best on defense, but he gives you effort and, and hard-nosed plays. He tackles. Good football Well, player. and you, you, you can tell that his teammates just really respect him, too. Like, that comes through in the way, like, Roquan continually talks about him. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's many people out there criticizing DHC today. But, man, it's... Uh, was well, not a good day for the defense. And, and like a couple things just happened in that game. And I feel like how many post-game episodes have we done over the years where we talk about this, where the idea of that's so Bears. Okay. So for for the arrival, I would say this is like the arrival of Justin Fields in this game. Like He kind of backed up everything we thought he can be. And that's what you want him to look like as a rookie. He can still get a lot better. The whole offense should get better in the future with him running the show. But like... That's the type of game Justin Herbert had last year for the Chargers. Where you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's what it should look like for a first-round pick at, at the quarterback position. So for that to all happen and the defense to just suddenly suck, that's so bears. <laughs> and, then, and then if you're going to pinpoint the play where Justin Fields arrives, it's fourth and one, okay? Chris Tabor makes the... Right call to go for it. First, hold on. Let me interject. The immediate decision. Yes. To, there, there was no hesitation. 
There was no delay of game. There was no timeout called. No. Immediate decision. You're going for it fourth to one. Sorry. Go ahead. That being said, still seemed like the play call got in a little late. Um, they, it was a play call that did not work whatsoever. The quick flat route completely covered and comes up on the up the field to uh, stop the boot. Justin almost falls down because the guy was in his face so quickly. Essentially, I don't want to say he did everything by himself because credit Jason Peters and Darnell Mooney on the backside for making blocks on a situation that was completely ad-libbed where they were not supposed to be blocking over there. Um, so, But he makes four or five guys miss, gets a couple key blocks. Jason Peters killed a guy. And then... Um, not just a guy, an all-pro linebacker. <laughs> yeah, he demolished. Fred, Fred Warner had to go through concussion protocols after that hit. <laughs> that was a heck of a block. <laughs> it really was. But Justin, I mean, it's such a great play. Crowd's going wild. Bears get the momentum back. And then there's nobody on the team more consistent than Cairo Santos. And uh, Carlos Santos. But Carlos gets out there and misses it. What Cairo would have made Cairo would have made it, but Carlos misses it. What's your saying? That's so Bears? That's so Bears. And it, I, to me, I don't know how you felt. It felt like the momentum just went right back to the 49ers. Like you just, I know what Chris Tabor was saying. It was a good answer because I asked him that question after the game you know, about the momentum with the missed extra point. He's probably defending his kicker a little bit, but he made a good point that regardless if the, the game's tied or they're down one, they're going to need another field goal. So that's his message to his kicker. Hey man, you got to put that bus behind you. Regardless, you're still going to need another kick. So I get that. But... In my mind, like mentally, that had to be crushing for the 49ers to give up a touchdown on fourth and one. So to look up at the scoreboard after that happens and to see you're still in the lead by a point, I just think that that's still a big deal. That's th- That was a big missed extra point from a guy who doesn't miss extra points. I think his only other miss in a Bears uniform came in Los Angeles last year and it was blocked. It wasn't even... So truly, that was his first real miss. If I'm grading like the kicker, um, that's his first miss extra point. And it's just come in that moment. It's like, are you kidding me? Really? The defense uh, never got off the field, Adam. Zero sacks. Well, they got off the field after they allowed the other team to score. <laughs> okay. Technically, yes, they left the field. But not before... <laughs> 49ers put points on the board. Zero sacks. Zero hits on the quarterback. A lot of missed tackles. That wide receiver screen. We praised DeAndre Houston Carson for for chasing him down. Can I just say, like, what was it, third and 19? Yeah. They're just trying to give themselves a few more yards to have a better punt, to get some better field position. And the guy nearly took it to the house. It's a great play design. Essentially, essentially a tunnel. It's a play. You, it's like a, it's like a tight end screen, but instead of putting a tight end there, you put Debo Samuel. Like that's a, that's what you're good player. That's a play, man. That's that's something that he still should not get eighty three yards. He shouldn't even get nineteen and get the first down. Well, yeah, you're in the wrong coverage if that happens. Because wouldn't Vic Fangio have just backed up into that picket fence? 
Because you're so far back, even if you end up giving 17, 18 yards there, they're probably not going to go for it, even on fourth and one, because they're all the way backed up. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that was a bad play. You got a lot of inexperience out there at this point. Not that that's an excuse, but just a really bad day for the defense. It was just bad. No other way to put it. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. This episode of the Hogan Johns Podcast is presented by the incredible Helix Sleep. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection. They have mattresses designed for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress made just for kids. My kids have them. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you? Take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in just under two minutes. Then your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. You should see it come out of the box. It's pretty cool. Helix knows there's no better way to test out your new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they have a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Everybody is unique. Helix knows that. Everybody sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from. They have models with memory foam layers to provide pressure relief if you sleep on your side, and others that cradle your body for support in stomach and back sleeping positions. They also have enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. I took the Helix Sleep Quiz and I was matched with the Midnight Lux mattress because I wanted something that felt just right because I tossed and turned all night long. Helix helps stop that. Don't want to take my word for it? Helix has been awarded the number one mattress by GQ and Wired Magazine. It is even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Adam and use code HELIXPARTNER20. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Go to helixsleep.com slash Adam. Use code HELIXPARTNER20. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Then I thought, really, Chris Tabor had a good day as head coach, I thought. Um, the only thing I think he did wrong ended up not biting him, but a couple plays after that. So they so DHC runs them down, and they, they have a chance to stop the touchdown still. But on second down, they had 10 guys on the field. And... Tabor said after the game that those those timeouts to him are like gold bricks. That's how he put it. That that was a good way to put it. Uh, and he didn't want to. He, he, sometimes you got to gamble. 
I don't know, man. That felt like what? Didn't that play feel like an absolute backbreaker? Wait, what you? One? Ju- oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where they the get Debo down, Samuel? Where they get back down to the two? Because they had just the Bears had just settled for a field. So, so first of all, you had another thing Tabor played right that I don't know necessarily think the offense played right. So he a week after Nagy wins the coin toss and takes the ball against Tom Brady, which I didn't have a problem with. It just didn't work out because they went three and out. But it was a huge decision in the game. So this time they win the toss and Tabor defers. He's trying to get that two for one before halftime where you score, don't leave time on the clock, get the ball back out of halftime. If anybody watched the Peyton Manning, Eli Manning broadcast on Monday Night Football last week when Tom Brady was on, Tom Brady talked about how important that was to him and Bill Belichick in New England. That the middle eight minutes of a game can often swing a game and decide a game. So the first or the last four minutes of the second quarter and the first four minutes of the third quarter. This is why you see so many teams defer. Yeah. Because if you can control those eight minutes where you get a possession, and he said, Tom Brady was talking about this, we wanted to score with no time on the clock. It wasn't just about scoring. We didn't want to leave any time left on the clock at the end of the second quarter. So we were going into the locker room after scoring, getting the ball out of halftime. It's like creating a turnover. Okay? And the Bears just did not... That's what Tabor was going for, but they offensively weren't able to execute that. They didn't burn enough clock, and they settled for a field goal. So there's 120 left on the clock at that point, and the defense gives up a 50-yard shot to Debo. The 49ers get a field goal. So that just totally negates what you're trying to do. Yeah. Before halftime. Then you get the ball and a good drive to start the third quarter. You settle for a field goal. A few plays after that was the third and 19 to Debo Samuel. Like, it just it just felt like an absolute backbreaker to allow that to happen. See, that's where... I, I get why you want to call this game a breakout game for Justin Fields because he basically envisioned it for himself. He made some great throws. He had his touchdown run. But at the end of the day, they still only scored 22 points. I know the defense sucked, but that's still not good enough. I know the 49ers have a pretty good defense, but 22 points is still not good enough. Settling for field, settling for field goals on a day where you, you clearly needed touchdowns, like that's not good enough. So as, as, as good as you can feel about Justin Fields, there's definitely... Significant room for improvement. I know what you're saying. Um, that the the worst play call was the one like the, their last play of the first half. Last play from scrimmage of the first half was like the swing pass to Khalil Herbert. Oh yeah. I mean, I think you could argue it was the fourth and one that was a touchdown. But yeah, I know what one you're talking about. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, well, at least well, that's forgotten because of what Justin Fields did. Right. But when you're in the red zone, like going. Left to right, east to west, whatever you want to call it. I, I just hate it when you have these bigger guys. Uh, it's just it, it, that, that was a problematic play call. I'm sure they liked it in practice. We always joke about that. Look good in practice, but I don't know. The 49ers are pretty good in defense. I feel like they could get east to west pretty quickly with that all-pro linebacker and Fred Warner. Just my thought. Sure. I got a little sidetracked there, but um, I was going to say I would have burned the timeout on second down. 
Because yeah. it was just such an important moment in the game. You had to keep them out of the end zone. You have 10 guys on the field. They got away with it because Jalen Johnson made a nice play in a one-on-one situation, and it went to third down. Um, so the, the only that was really the only issue I had with, with Chris Tabor the whole game. And it was just a small thing that, honestly, you could go either way on it. He talked after the game about it being a gut feeling and making those decisions that way. So anyway, I thought from that standpoint, um, it was a good day for him. Should plug real quick that that's what I uh, wrote about after the game is just kind of a look at Chris Tabor's whole oh, day. Oh, you, you hired Chris Tabor? I hired him? Yeah. Look at the special teams coordinator. You're not listening, Chris. Giving the special teams coordinator some love. I just went inside his day. I actually was critical of him not calling that time out. Oh. I thought you replaced him with But him. I did break I did or break Nagy down a bunch of <laughs> No, I did not do that. The uh, the pandemic did that. Y'all stay corona free, all right? And God bless. <laughs> uh, okay, quickly before we get out of here, and we will be back, and uh, I think we're going to roll, well, depending on what happens in the trade deadline. Either way, we'll have a episode depending on what the Bears do trade-wise. But this is a big topic right now. What the Bears should do here, because it seems like, Everybody but maybe Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are unanimous in that this team should should sell right now. Maybe even sell the whole team. That's a different story. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I just don't know what's realistic. What I will say is it certainly caught my eye that Jameis Winston may have suffered a catastrophic knee injury yesterday down there in New Orleans. Yeah. S- especially with Ryan Pace's connections with the folks in New Orleans. See, I, I feel like... I don't know if if, if ownership are, are the ones being realistic. Like, if, if you're Ryan Pace, this is what I would do. Hey, guys, we're 3-5. and five. The percentages and the odds of, of us making the playoffs aren't good. For example, Football Outsiders now gives us... Uh, <laughs> A negative chance of making the playoffs. A negative chance? <laughs> yeah, How's I, that I, even possible? I, I, pull, I pulled it up. Uh, here it is. Here it is. Sorry. Uh, that was the, the the decrease from yesterday. Looking at the a wrong negative, line. <laughs> negative 30%. You know what? I think they should probably sell then. 2.6% chance of making the playoffs. So, it's time to move on to next year. I know you don't want to hear it because every game is so important to you. But look, Ted, look, George, you trusted me to draft Justin Fields. Will you trust me to build around him now? We need picks. We need youth. I need to retool this team. Will you let me do it? If they say no, he does nothing. If they say yes, maybe the Bears make a move. I mean, does Allen Robinson look like he fits with Justin Fields right now? Let's rewind a second, though. If they say no, then don't you need to just fire them? Yes. Well, today, exactly. But I mean, it, that's it, the it, it's the Bears. No, I, I what I could see is no. These games are still important to us. Last year, we ended up making the playoffs after a six game losing streak. Let's try to do that again, and you're just. But who's saying that in that situation? George and Ted. Oh boy. I mean, if, if that's what they're still thinking here this morning, 
You know how they operate. Oh, man. You know how they think, right? I'm not saying you, like, you give up on the season. Like Justin Fields right. still needs players to throw the ball to. But you need to take a different outlook on what's next for Justin Fields. I mean, it's a different outlook on Matt Nagy and the evaluation of what he's actually doing, but it's also the players around him. If Justin, if Allen Robinson is not in your long-term future, then it's in your best interest to find some compensation for yourself so you could build around Justin Fields. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm sure uh, there's some defenses out there that are loving Akeem Hicks. I'm sure there's some banged-up defenses that could use maybe even a Danny Trevathan. I know the salary cap comes into play, but... From my experience, the salary cap in the NFL is not really a real thing. Money can be moved around. But here's the... Man. What are you getting for Akeem Hicks? Who cares? Fifth round? Like, I don't even know what you're... If he's not coming back next year, get something for him. That's what I'm saying. You didn't sign him to a long-term deal. That was part of the conversation... during training camp, right? Right. Drew Rosenhaus' agent made that well-known. We know the Bears' defense is better with the key mix, but you know what? The evaluations of this team changed when Justin Fields was drafted. Changed again when he became your starting quarterback. Next season became more important than this season. As we just explained, the defense was awful yesterday. Akeem Hicks was pretty good. He's hurt. I'm just saying, if he's not coming back, if he's not if he's not part of your team's plans for next year, indications are he's not because they didn't work out a long-term deal, then go get a pick for him. It's better than nothing. Okay, so you think that, so let's let's play this game. You think Akeem Hicks is tradable? I do. Um how about Eddie Jackson? I don't. Uh, contract too high. Contract too high. Too many years attached. Um, Allen Robinson. I do, but that that's got to be the right team, just in terms of salary cap matters. I, again, like I just said, salary cap is extremely fluid. But I think there are a number of interested teams. So my problem with that one is, you basically have to pay him. A million dollars a game the rest of the season. It's fine. <laughs> no, no, no. What I'm saying is if you're yeah. trading for him, you have to pay him $9 million the rest of the season. So how many teams even have $9 million in cap space right now? Okay, so that chops that but list that, down. But, but, that's, but that's what I'm talking about. It's all fluid, man. It's all fluid. You know what What's it is. What's fluid? The salary cap. No, I understand but, that, but who's yeah. who's going to create... But 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 this is what I mean to to do that. So if you're a team who's gonna just chop off nine million dollars for a guy who's catching like two or three passes a game right now, hoping you're gonna get more out of him offensively. And by the way, there's teams who could definitely get more out of Allen Robinson. He seems like a guy Bill Belichick would love. He always trading for guys like that, yeah, like wide receivers to add to the mix. Dude, if I'm Tom Brady, why why stop now with with uh, with the, his Weapons. He's got a million of them. Um, you know, the Chiefs. It's like a move the Chiefs would make. Here's the thing, though. 
the cost just in terms of cap space and cash means the Bears are going to get less in return for him. Oh, I don't know. See, the the, yes. the, the, the comp pick formula says maybe third or fourth rounder. I don't have it in front of me, right? So you're going to get something when he signs next year, but you can't sign a lot of players to keep that comp pick formula in your favor, right? Get him going with this? Like, he, Can we agree that he's not yes. on the team next year? Yes. Okay. So depending on what you're going to try to do in this offseason, this is how much forward thinking the Bears have to do. The comp, the, the comp pick formula comes into play here because Allen Robinson will sign with another team, and that will matter in the comp pick formula. <laughs> but I don't know. You're saying not trade Allen Robinson? Is that what you're saying, though? So if the Bears keep him, then it helps in the comp pick formula. But then it's two years away. I just I don't think you're gonna I I don't think you're I'm gonna get to, a lot just, for him is what I'm trying to say because he costs so for, much. You're not gonna get a lot for these guys. No one ever does. Okay, as long as we're in would agreement you, on would that. Would you take a third round pick for Allen Robinson? Hell yeah, I would. I don't think there's gonna be a team okay. that offers that. Yeah, you never know for that much money. If the Bears could restructure his contract and eat the eat the money for this year, then yes, I think you could get a lot more. But. They can't do that because it's a franchise tag. You can't touch the contract. I, I think you're missing like like you have to like he's leaving the team. We're talking about two different things. Yeah, yeah. we're ta- I'm talking about the teams that would be trading for him and what they're willing to give up. Oh, the teams are always desperate. I'm no, at, they're not. I, I, I'm looking at here right right now teams that could be potentially. Uh, Look at some of these trades that have gone down recently. We're talking about six round picks. It's fine. I'm just, I'm just. I think, like, I think people are sell. overrating the value. I'm agreeing that they should try yeah. to trade him. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying I don't think you're going to get a lot in return. Same thing for Eddie Jackson because you got to deal with that contract. We already talked about I, that. I one. don't think Eddie Jackson. No, no. It, it uh, has to be money that is essentially coming off the books for next year. You um, see guys on one year deals get traded all the time. Here's a hypothetical for you. Well, I was going to bring up another one. Can I give you one? We thinking the same thing here? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see if we have uh, synergy. Synergy. The Titans what? need a running back. Oh. Yeah, there were a couple injuries today that are very interesting. The Saints need a quarterback. I'm with you on these ones. Let me be very clear on the David Montgomery thing, though. Okay? Then we'll get to Andy Dalton and the Saints. I think, so, first of all, let me establish this. In general, I am not paying running backs. And that even goes up to, like, the Ezekiel Elliott situation in Cowboy Land. Although, right now, they might actually be happy that they did pay him. But it took a while to get to this point. Right? Most times, I'm not paying running backs. So, you're going to have to, you're going to be going into next season talking about a David Montgomery extension. Okay. And I know he wants to get paid. And up until the injury, he looked really, really good. And I don't want, I don't want Bears fans to be clouded so much by what they've seen from Khalil Herbert in recent weeks to not understand the difference between Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery. There is a difference, and it's unfair to David Montgomery to claim there's not. Now, is that difference worth 
the cost of giving David Montgomery a big contract, I would say no. And that has more to do with the economics of football than necessarily David Montgomery. That makes sense. Okay. So if you're going to be in a situation where right now you get a season and a half left of David Montgomery before you're going to have to franchise tag him or extend him. Well, if you wait till like next offseason and try to trade him, well, then that just becomes the next team's problem. So right now, his value might actually be highest because if you're the Titans, you know you're getting, just for an example, the Titans, you're getting the rest of this season too. And you're a good team who's, man, the value of Derrick Henry, the importance of Derrick Henry would be worth making a trade like that. I think it's a very specific situation that makes a lot of sense that drives David Montgomery's trade value up given the fact, and let's not forget this, he's still on injured reserve right now. So how healthy is he? And that was a knee injury, which is concerning. Sorry, go ahead. I don't think anything happens on that front. (laughs) I just know it's a hypothetical out there. I think the Bears love David Montgomery too much, regardless who's who's in charge right now. <laughs> He's back on the team next year, and Khalil Herbert is too. He's on the team for next maybe if year. they want Damian Williams for like a seventh round pick, sure. But as Khalil Herbert's success does show, and other running backs' success around the league does show too, you can find running backs if you have a good system. You're not going to replace Derrick Henry. No one is. See, this brings up a, like a like a bigger thing, though. Like, if if they're going to pass on a situation right now where a desperate team might be willing to give up, now you use a third round pick on David Montgomery. Well, if they so, offer like a, a one, that's what I'm saying. It, what if they offered a two? Two and maybe something else, like a two you and got a... two and a half really good seasons out of him, and you're upgrading the pick that you used on him. Don't have to worry about paying him in the future and seemingly have a pretty good option in Khalil Herbert. And you've had this formula where, like, you even got a lot out of Jordan Howard before you made that decision to move on and go get David Montgomery. Like, oh, the Bears draft running backs well. Shouldn't that be part of the equation? Yes, if they offered a two, and let's say like a, a two next year, and I don't know, let's say a sixth in 2023, I might be convinced to do that. I don't know if Have we gotten the quarterback situation completely right? No. Have we won enough games? No. Everything else is there? I didn't know you had that cut. <laughs> Been waiting for the right time. Um, what was the other one? Oh, the Saints. Your guy Trevor Simeon looked pretty good, though. <laughs> Why is he my guy? I never covered Trevor Simeon. No, I, th- I thought you did. No, he went to Northwestern, though. I think he left right before my first season there. Um, Wait, Are you telling me Taysom Hill can't be a real quarterback? I am telling you. How that. dare you? 
No. The Saints have already told you that. Yes. The Saints have already told you that by going out and getting Jameis Winston and then starting Jameis Winston and then playing Trevor Simeon yesterday over Taysom Hill. Very true. They have told you that 17 times. Why Which 17? tells you... I feel like it's been like more than 1,000 just people didn't want to take the hint. <laughs> right. So they can either make take this big gamble after beating the Bucks. It was an impressive win. Good defense. R- rolling with Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill the rest of the way. See, I feel or, like... This, I, I don't know if they can afford Andy Dalton. Like... The Saints are just, they, they just live in salary cap hell. Yeah, they were in worse shape than the Bears this year. Yeah, yeah that's the problem. They're there. just always in cap hell. Uh, I'm just looking at it right now. They got the third least cap space right now. It, Nick Foles, maybe. I mean, the Bears are already paying him a bunch. Uh, yeah, if you're the Saints, you almost have to like. Trade for him and restructures deal. Right? Yeah. For Andy Dalton? Might have to do that with Nick Foles. Dalton's got what? About five and a half million on there for the rest of the season. But as you said earlier, you can always find a way to do it if you really feel like you need a quarterback. Yeah. It's definitely worth the phone call. I, hey, I think depending on this Dak Prescott situation, it's worth the phone call to Dallas. Cooper Even Rush just as a backup, I know Cooper Rush did what he did last night, but come on. It's, uh, the Vikings just gave up how many opportunities to win that game? Um, Kirk Cousins is like primetime Kirk Cousins is back out and play. <laughs> Kirk Cousins, he is he is two different quarterbacks. If you got a noon game, he's your look guy. Out. Look out. He is going to put up 40 fantasy points, okay? if it's a, If the game's at noon... You got yourself a quarterback. You're in prime time. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, I was just talking, like, I was giving them too much praise last week in the podcast because I looked at their stats, looked all right, still have good receivers. Same old Kirk Cousins. Oh, boy. Outperformed by Cooper Rush. <laughs> all right, are we missing anybody on the trade conversation? Uh, Khalil Mack, but again, he's hurt. It's a big contract. I'll tell you the guy who who <laughs> might actually have value that you should seriously consider trading is Robert Quinn. Yeah, I thought about that too. Like, if you have an opportunity to just get out of that contract, because you can get out of it after this year, but it's still going to cost you against the cap next season quite a bit. There's just finally an out where that kind of makes sense. If you can find a way to get out of that, Considering how bad that deal's been, if you got this little peak where his value is worth something, especially if you could find a 4-3 team where he fits a little bit better, just put his hand in the ground and go, especially a team that maybe has another pass rusher too. Um, of like, all I'm, the possibilities, that one actually, weirdly enough, would not have expected that. That one might actually be the Bears' best opportunity to make a trade. I'm I'm just looking at the teams that let me I'm just on spot track right now, and the teams we'll just go with the top fourteen teams that have cap space according to what they got going, and the teams that are like in playoff conversations like the Chargers, sixth most space, Ravens seventh, Steelers eighth, Bengals tenth, 
Titans 12th. Like these are teams that have needs and they're in the playoff conversation, right? Yeah. So they got cap space to use. And again, it's always fluid. You never know. You never know. But but I'm just stuck on this, Adam. I want to hear your thoughts on this. Okay. Like everything we just talked about right now, like Ryan Pace should be talking about with his ownership right now, with George and Ted, with Bears ownership right now. I agree. Going through all of this. And I could just they're not listening. They don't want to hear it. Like, I think we haven't won enough under the leadership of George McCaskey, and that's what we're working on. You, you really brought out the deep cuts. Well, you knew these were going to be relevant eventually, again. But you get my point? Yes, I get I, I think that that is... Have we gotten the quarterback situation completely right? No. Have we won enough games? No. Everything else is there. Everything else is not there. And if they still think that, which is kind of what you're saying here, John, that they would still sit there and believe that today. It just goes back to everything we talked about after those clips are from that press conference last January. That the real problems are way above. I don't know how anybody in charge of an NFL franchise could sit here on this day after what you saw yesterday with a very, I believe, bright future with a young quarterback that fell in your freaking lap, if we're being honest. Good job going up and trading him, but the fact he was still available there is insane. And every single week that goes by, I I watch the Carolina Panthers. I'm like, how the hell did you not draft Justin Fields? Denver Broncos, how the hell did you not draft Justin Fields? Detroit Lions, what in the world were you doing? Is Dan Campbell one and done? Oh my, how do you roll with Jared Goff? What, there's, it actually like, it, it, it causes me pain to think about this. That there's this many franchises that do this. Well, some are just flat out scared. And if, if we're going to give Ryan Pace credit for anything, he's not scared. No. He's not scared to go for that quarterback. But that's his best selling point right now. Again, like, if you trusted me to draft Justin Fields, will you trust me to build around him? Fans may not like that proposition, but that's his selling point to ownership. And there's got to be some serious long-term discussions had. And they got to maintain that long-term view. Well, here's maybe what the solution should be. If, if, if Hogan Johns were running the Chicago Bears right now, okay? I don't know if you want to be George and I'll be Ted, vice versa. You, you, which one do you want to be? I'll be George. Okay. So you're... Your boss. You, oh, man. That's why you do that. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I think we haven't won enough under the leadership of George McCaskey, and that's what we're working on. I don't recall so you're, saying that, but go ahead. So you're George now. Yeah. All right. So we're sitting there. We're figuring out what to do, and... And I think we need to talk about what the elephant in the room here is. Is uh, did you see the grass at Soldier Field yesterday? <laughs> what a what what? There was literally not grass in between the hashes from the thirty-five to the forty-five on the south end of the field. It's like where did it go? It looked like a bunch of elephants had been like <laughs> chilling in the like you know when you go to the zoo and the grass is shit because it's just like trampled on by elephants all the time like i don't know what they did was there was there some kind of like did nobody circus work at soldier field <laughs> nobody 
I, I, it made zero sense, but there just wasn't grass on an NFL field in one area. You know what I envisioned was, you know how it rained for like two days straight? Yes. There's no way that field was covered. <laughs> oh. Like, uh, I don't know. Should I go cover the field today? The weather forecast doesn't look good. Nah, it's cold. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm good. Cool. A little too cold out there. Oh, man. The, sod has- father, the sod father would be out there every morning for two weeks in between the home games, making that place look immaculate. So anyway, the only reason I brought that up is because that should also be a conversation. Hey, yeah. George, we just got to go to Arlington Heights. You know? So Ryan Pays has done a pretty good job with some late-round draft picks, and he's done a heck of a job. His vision for building our facilities at House Hall I kind of think that we should maybe keep them around. But maybe we should kind of create a different title for him and make him bring in a different general manager. Okay, that so we're going to have some, some say over. So now, you're, remember. You're, you're Ted suggesting this to me, George. Yeah, we, we, we got to reset this conversation. George and Ted are no longer in this conversation. Okay, that was kind of a joke for a while. This is you and me figuring this okay. out now. Okay, so fans listening, don't think of this as George and Ted making the decisions. It's now Hogan Johns. Still a scary proposition as it should be, but hey, what are you going to do? Um, so I don't know. You we, Do we promote him to like senior... How about blah, blah, vice blah. president of football operations? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Oh, man, I, I, I just lost some power, though, here. Wait a minute. You're my boss, and now I just lost any say over football because we promoted Ryan Pace. Wait, I thought we weren't those guys. Anyway. No, but I'm still in my position. <laughs> I'm still... I'm oh, still. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Anyway. I think uh, what I would do here is... I, I know what you're going. Layered. Like, you layer this organization for different factors of accountability, different yes. decision-making... And I would tell my new VP of football operations to hire outside the organization for the general manager job. Yes. Now, does the new GM get say over head coaching hire? Yes. And draft picks? Yes. Over oh, draft the fi- picks? Over the 53. Um, that's a nuanced thing that I don't think. I think that's overrated, by the way. That's more of like a power <laughs> thing. Well, it still matters. It's still going to be a huge question. I know. I know. It, it, it's always like the 53 changes so much. I don't guy get why guys obsess over that, but it's more of a power thing that could be discussed later. Um, but yes, I would give him say over what happens to the coaching staff. The new guy. The new guy. The new guy gets to hire. And the I new. think that's completely fair. Because Ryan Pace has had two coaching hires already. And the first one probably wasn't completely fair to put totally on him. But it still was his hire. And Matt Nagy surely was his hire. And it just hasn't worked out. Can we say like everything we're saying is not completely out of the realm of possibility? I think you just look at certain other teams. There's two teams I want to bring up. Okay. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Arizona Cardinals. Look at the longevity of their GMs through a lot of losing. Yeah. Through huge quarterback decisions. Through head coaching failures. Just saying. Well, 
the Tampa Bay comp has come up a, a few times. Uh, what was the other one you just said? Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. So the Tampa Bay with Jason Light. Because him and Pace, I think, were hired like about the same time. Yep. Or Jason was maybe a year early, I forget. But yeah, he'd been there for a while, different head coaches. But then he gets Tom Brady. Also drafted Jameis Winston and hired Lovey Smith. Yeah, so... There was a, uh, Dirk Cutter was also in there as well. Probably, you know, if you're Ryan Pace, then maybe signing Tom Brady would have been a good move. <laughs> good move for everybody. Now, the Arizona one's interesting. Because didn't Steve have some... Steve Kime, right? Problems. Yeah. He had some off-the-field stuff, too. He had a bunch of things, and, and he made a... That, that one's interesting. Drafted Josh Rosen, who is worse than Mitch Trubisky... And like should not even be in, in the same conversation as Trubisky. So since he's been in, in charge since 2013, right? Arians was a good hire. Who do you have? Steve Wilkes. Cliff Kingsbury is his third coach. Mm-hmm. Steve Wilkes was one and done. Yeah, that was not a good one. But again, got another shot. Got another shot at quarterback as well. Kyler Murray has been significantly better. Just saying, like... Not out of the realm of possibility for the Chicago Bears to do such a thing. But those guys are still the GMs, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like, teams hate GM searches. Like, coaches. So you're saying what is possibility is is Pace doesn't get fired. Like, just everything we just talked about. Yeah. Even him retaining his position. Okay. Well, everything else is there, right? All right. Well, this ran uh, a lot longer than usual See, for a post See, if you wait, so. everybody, you get more. That's right. Well, we are rushed right after games. So. Um, we are now creeping up on Matt Nagy talking in the media, so we better go and handle that as uh, we get his thoughts on what happened yesterday at Soldier Field. Something tells me he's going to be very happy about his quarterback play. Yep. Maybe the play, same playbook as a couple weeks ago when they lost to the Packers, but he had that list of all the good things Justin did. Probably has it again. You're three and five. Three and five. All right. We're out of here. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johnson. Might be three and seven. They're six and a half point underdogs to the Steelers already. Oh, Steelers man. have won three and, in a row. And we know how these I, – I just – I sometimes feel bad for America. <laughs> <laughs> well, for a lot of – that's a, something I say a lot every day, every day. Um, but specifically for the primetime games, we know how these go. They're just not good. The Bears play their worst games on primetime. They do. They do. Well, hopefully it's different with the new young quarterback. Uh, no. Then you get a bye, then you get the Ravens. Who do they play after the Ravens? Is that the Thanksgiving game all of a sudden? Yes, it is. Okay. Should be a win. Should be. That is the one, we call that primetime. It is a nationally televised game on Thanksgiving. It has a huge spotlight. That's the one time they usually do play pretty well. That is true. So maybe because because 
The Lions are the Lions. That's so Bears. All right. We'll talk to you later. See ya. Justin Fields time, baby!